Welcome back to Squared Sports Podcast. I'm Lewis's podcast, Lane Frank, and this is a very special episode 152. The Michigan Wolverines have done it. We have won the national championship. What I have waited for my whole life, a Michigan football national championship. That's what most of this episode is going to be about. Michigan football-oriented episode. A few other things we're going to discuss. Playoffs, NFL, NBA, but a Michigan football national championship 34-13 over Washington. Couldn't be happier right now and glad to bring you everything I got on this episode. Now, let's start off episode 152. Not normally, how we always do. We always do it with the headlines. This week, I want to talk about Michigan football and the Wolverines national championship. I'm going to be discussing so many things about this team, about this game, everything that went on this season in college football with Michigan Wolverines, Washington Huskies, and more. But I want to start off with last night's game. I was in attendance in Houston. What an insane atmosphere it was. Now, NRG Stadium is not one of the biggest stadiums in the world. Only seats 72,000 fans, but it's a dome. You can hear everybody going crazy in that dome. The Washington fans on one sideline, the Michigan fans on one sideline. When Michael Peggs makes a big play, you can hear it. When J.J. McCarthy, Donovan Edwards, whoever it might be, you may hear the noise. You hear everything in that stadium. It was an electric environment. I don't think the moment was too big for Michigan, but maybe it was for Washington. Or maybe Washington wasn't good enough to be there in the first place. You put Washington against Georgia, Georgia's going to kill them. You put Washington against Alabama, I think Alabama's going to kill them. You put Washington against Texas, I think Texas might win that game 8 out of 10 times. 9 out of 10 times, ever might be. Washington got lucky, I'll say on that one. But, Kalen DeBoer, what a great job he's done in college football as a head coach. Turns around this Washington football program for what they were from their terrible program in 2021 to get them to 10-win season in 2022, to get them to a 14-win national championship appearance season in 2023. It's marvelous. Michael Panix Jr., your recovery from all these injuries. It's marvelous. Romo Dunes, to put your name on the map as one of the best receivers in college football. It's amazing. But the moment was a bit too big for them. And for Michigan, it was business as usual. Run the ball, Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards. Donovan Edwards is a perfect example of what a college ball player should be nowadays. He's waited three years behind Blake Corm, Three years at Michigan, 2021, freshman year, plays a little bit, has a great end to his freshman year. 2022, all right, this is his time, doesn't get that much love in the regular season, but then Blake Corm goes down, the game before Ohio State, and he is a legacy game against Ohio State, having over 200 yards, having two touchdowns, Big Ten Championship game, 200 yards again, playoff, played pretty well. So now it's Dom Edwards' time at Michigan. But no, Blake Corm's going to come back, try to win the national championship. So it's easy. Dominic Edwards is either going to transfer or is going to stay at Michigan for one more year, see how it goes. Dominic Edwards didn't transfer. Stayed at Michigan for one more year. Didn't do anything this year, you could say, as a Michigan fan, Dominic Edwards. Didn't have his best season, probably his worst season of his Michigan career. But last night was something special you don't see in college football anymore. A player who's, I'm not going to say, rode the pine all year on the bench, but Dominic Edwards hasn't got much playing time because Blake Corm is the best running back in college football, and will go on Mount Rushmore or Michigan Wolverines, whatever it might be. Dominic Edwards saw what he needed to do in that game, had two carries in the first two drives of that game. Both were 40-yard touchdowns. It's just ridiculous. Dominic Edwards, what a great game that was. J.J. McCarthy, I'm not going to say he's a game manager, but he managed the game perfectly. He did everything he needed to do. He extended plays, so I'm not calling him a game manager, more of a field general. He knew what to do at the right moment. So you want to see Jim Harbaugh wins his first national championship. 
He said I could sit at the big kid's table now. My dad won a NAS championship. My brother won a Super Bowl. No, I get my NAS championship. We'd love to see it. Jim Harbaugh, Michigan Wolverines. Greatest moment of my sports lifetime, whatever it might be. This was the best moment. Watching Michigan win the NAS championship. Still more to come on this episode. Get ready. Action-packed college football, NBA, NFL episode. Now, let's go into the headlines. We had a great week in sports, not talking about the College Football National Championship. Going to have more and everything, like I said, on that later. Great set we have today. The balloons, the helmet, everything. Go blue. But I want to talk about some stuff in the NBA right now. First things first, in the NBA, John Morant out for the rest of the season with the torn labrum. This is a killer to Memphis, a big killer, because they were having a really rough start to the season without John Morant. Then he comes back in. They're on a hot streak. They might get into that 10 spot for the play-in very soon. And now it's all out the window. And they're going to be terrible again. You start to think, is John Morant really the future of this franchise? Because is his prime closing? It's not insane to say his prime is closing. From what we've seen from John Morant, great year last year. Gets hurt this year. Turmoil this year with the suspension. Now some things can start to fall off for John Morant. Injuries, other things. If you tear your labrum, that can be career-altering. Never want to see that of an NBA player. And it's tough to see for John Morant. Could we potentially see the Grizzlies move on from John Morant? Because he is a bit of a headache. They won't do it this year with his storm labrum, but maybe in the offseason. Maybe next season. Something to look at right there. Killer from Memphis. Killer for John Morant. Hate to see it. John Morant out for the rest of the season. Joel Embiid, another guy who's hurt, but not for the rest of the season. Joel Embiid has been incredible this season. He's been the MVP frontrunner ahead of Nicole Jokic, but pretty close. If Joel Embiid misses more than eight games the rest of the season, and we all know he's going to miss eight more games from now until pretty much mid-April, he's going to miss eight more games. He's not going to be able to win an MVP. He's not going to be able to be a first-team All-NBA, second-team All-NBA, third-team All-NBA, or an MVP because the new rule for the NBA awards is you have to play 65 games to get an MVP award, to get any award it might be. Now, that new rule might be in effect to help out with low management, other things like that. But it's tough to see when you have a guy like Joel Embiid who's been the best player in the NBA this year. He just can't stay on the court for 65 games a year, but he can in the playoffs. They do it so he can play in the playoffs. Joel Embiid might be able to play tonight but in the long run, is that going to hurt him more down the way? Probably. So Joel Embiid, a little bit tough right there. If he misses more than eight games for the rest of the season, which he is going to miss eight more games, seems like, then Joel Embiid won't be able to win MVP award. Leave your thoughts on that. Do you like that new NBA rule? Thoughts on that in the comments. Last thing right here in the NBA, Lakers struggling, everybody. And it's the same thing every year. Every year, it's Lakers won the offseason. Then... They need to make a trade. They need to do this to get LeBron some help every single year. I'll tell you what the Lakers' number one mistake was. 2020 season, they had LeBron, they had AD, and they had a bunch of great role players. They said, let's replicate that every year from now on. It's not going to work anymore. It only worked in that 2020 season when you have guys like Kawhi Leonard, Paul George in the bubble. I'm not saying it's a bubble championship. It's an asterisk next to their title. But I'm just saying, it's not going to work in today's NBA when you have guys like Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, Devin Booker on the same team. It's just not going to work. Nicole Jokic, Shamal Murray, they have great players. You can't just go with role players. You said they won the offseason. They got Gabe Vincent. 
They kept Rui Hachimura. They kept Austin Reeves. It's not a great offseason, and that's why they're struggling right now. A little bit of optimism. They won the in-season tournament. Maybe they can win the playoffs. But that's still a tough stretch. They're even going to make the playoffs at this point. Lakers, a little bit tough right there. Headlines in the NBA. Red NFL, great week we had in the NFL. Leading up to our NFL wildcard round, the playoffs. Steelers kicked off our NFL week on Saturday. Clinching playoff spot over the Ravens. They got that win. Then they needed one more domino to fall. That domino was the Tennessee Titans taking down Jacksonville Jaguars. For the Jaguars, this is horrible. For Trevor Lawrence, this is horrible. But that's a topic for another time. Go follow Squared Sports on Instagram and Twitter at Squared Sports to see what I think on that whole Trevor Lawrence situation down in Jacksonville. But the Steelers, Mason Rudolph, great comeback they've had this season after having a great start with Kenny Pickett. Then things fell off. They fire him at Canada. Find themselves back in the playoff. Love to see it. Pittsburgh Steelers. Houston Texans get their win over the Indianapolis Colts, and they clinch a playoff spot. CJ Stroud clinches the playoff spot. His number one receiver, Nico Collins. A little bit funny. Nico Collins went to Michigan. CJ Stroud went to Ohio State. He said, we don't really talk about it. I never beat Michigan. He never beat Ohio State. Sadly, both those things are true. But Texans in the playoffs. Love to see it. Titans just talked about them. They started Ryan Tannehill, and they got the win over Jacksonville Jaguars. Mike Vrabel is out as their head coach. And I frankly don't get this. Mike Vrabel is an amazing head coach, so why are you firing him? And if you're going to fire him, why not trade him? Their answer? It'd be too complicated to trade him. You're going to tell your fans that they're missing out on a potential first-round pick in a trade because it's too complicated. Ridiculous, bogus, hate to hear it. Titans fans, I feel for you. Commanders, they just fired Ron Rivera to their loss to the Cowboys. Saints, Dennis Allen, going to be their head coach regardless of what you want to say, next season, seems like. But they got that win over the Falcons. He said, I didn't mean to get that touchdown. James Winston did that on his own. I believe him. James Winston even said it himself. But when you think about it, do the players really respect Dennis Allen to go against his wishes there? Now, I'm not a guy who's going to be up here and say, it's wrong that James Winston scored that touchdown. I frankly don't care. If I was Arthur Smith, I wouldn't care. But Dennis Allen, his team, he was mad at them, scoring that touchdown right there. They're not in the playoffs. Lose the division title to Tampa Bay, Buccaneers, Buccaneers, Baker Mayfield. Might be comeback player of the year, and I'd love to see it. Baker Mayfield is the most resilient guy in the NFL, I'll say right now. First overall pick, when nobody thought he was going to be a first overall pick, when everybody was doubting him. Makes it to the playoffs his third year in the NFL without his best wide receiver, Odell Beckham. Then gets one bad year, and they say, let's get Sean Watson to get rid of Baker Mayfield. That's what they did right there. No more Baker Mayfield. They had Deshaun Watson. Goes to the Panthers, has a rough year. Goes to the Rams, has a rough year. That's what happened last year for Baker Mayfield. To find himself back in the playoffs as a starting quarterback where he played every game, I love to see it out of Baker Mayfield. Resilience. Tough guy. Baker Mayfield. Football guy. Packers. Green Bay Packers. Jordan Love. First full season starting, and he finds himself in the playoffs. Love to see it. Jordan Love. 32 touchdowns in the season. Some of the most in the NFL. Great start for the young quarterback in his third season. In the NFL, Jordan Love playing great. Eagles, everybody. Tough collapse then this season. They're going to be going on the road in a playoff game at Tampa Bay on Monday night. We're going to pick that game next on Squared Sports NFL Game Day. But to go 1-5 in five in your last six games, it's not a good sight right there. To lose in almost dominating fashion to the New York Giants when you're playing all your starters, also not a great look right there. Nick Sirianni, Jalen Hurts, it's figured some things out for the playoffs. Chiefs, they're going to go up against the Miami Dolphins in the playoffs. That'd be exciting right there. But they're struggling too. All these teams seem to struggle. Bills, they were struggling earlier in the season. Now they find themselves in the playoffs. They went to the week not knowing if they're going to make the playoffs. They end up winning the division, getting that two seed over Miami Dolphins. Great to see. They'll be going up against the Steelers in the first round of the playoffs. No TJ Watt for the Steelers. 
could be hinting that pick right there. I'm going to go with the Bills in that game. You're going to hear the full analysis on it, though, in Squared Sports NFL Game Day. Come up next. Last thing right here in the headlines. Dallas Cowboys clinch division title. Is this the year the Cowboys get it done? Is it Dallas's year? As they always say it is. Talk about that later. Now, Squared Sports NFL Game Day teased it in the headlines. We're going to be picking every single NFL playoff game from Wild Card Weekend. Niners and Ravens, they're on a bye. Everybody else, you're in jeopardy. Who am I going to pick? First game, Browns versus the Texans. They played three weeks ago. Mari Cooper, legacy game. Thank you. Gained me my fantasy championship. 51 points in fantasy. That's not going to happen again. C.S. Stroud didn't play in that game. That was a home game for the Texans. They're at home again. I'm going to go with Houston. Texans over the Browns, they win in that clutch NRG stadium. Dolphins versus the Chiefs. Let's go with the Chiefs in this one. It's going to be frigid temperatures. It's going to be, I think, below zero for that game. Almost a record for a playoff temperature. Miami, not going to win this one. Seems like it. So, Kansas City, they mall. Miami Dolphins played earlier in the year in Germany. Kansas City kind of stomped on them there. Now you're at home in Arrowhead. I don't see any chance for Miami. Let's go with Kansas City for the Dolphins. Steelers versus the Bills. No TJ Watt for the Steelers. Can he pick it? Not going to start this one. Mason Rudolph, I think they put up a fight. If TJ Watt was playing this one, I think long and hard about it. But they're a completely different team on defense without TJ Watt. So let's go with the Bills over the Steelers. Packers versus the Cowboys. This is the Cowboys' year to make it to the NFC Championship game, to potentially make it to the Super Bowl. But they got a tough roadblock right here. This is an unimaginably tough matchup right here for the Dallas Cowboys to go up against Jordan Love, one of the hottest quarterbacks in the NFL this season, to go up against a great head coach, Matt LaFleur, who doesn't lose in December, doesn't lose in January really either. So Packers lose this one to the Cowboys, I still think. Cowboys with Tony Pollard, with Dak Prescott, with the receivers they have, CeeDee Lamb, with that defense, they shut down Jordan Love. It's going to be close. Let's go with the Cowboys over the Packers. Rams versus the Lions. Here's a big upset right here. Rams are more experienced than the Lions. Most of these guys in this Rams team still made the Super Bowl run a few years ago. Still won that Super Bowl. They still have Aaron Donald, who is the biggest force in the NFL that nobody talks about anymore. Aaron Donald is still a beast. He's still a top five player in the NFL. People just don't like to talk about it anymore because the Rams are boring to them now. Cooper Cup is still a great wide receiver. They're just more in love with Puka Nakua now. Matthew Stafford is still a top five quarterback in the NFL, but they love to talk about his old team, Detroit Lions. Matthew Stafford, more experienced. Weird to say that. Matthew Stafford, a guy who had never experienced the playoffs, a win when he was with the Detroit Lions. Nice with the Los Angeles Rams, has that Super Bowl win. He's going to get a win right here. Sorry, Dan Campbell, not your guys' this year. Great regular season. Jared Goff doesn't get it done. Matthew Stafford and the Rams make it the next round. Rams over the Lions. In the last game, Eagles versus the Buccaneers. Let's talk about this for a minute. Eagles have been struggling. They have the loss to the Cowboys. They have the Whenever the Bills was very close, they have the win over the Chiefs. They have the super tough loss to the Cardinals. They have the super tough loss to New York Giants. So it's a recipe for another upset right here. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They played down Tampa in week two. Close enough game, but Philadelphia won that game. When you think about it, Eagles need a change of scenery. They need something to switch up. They've been playing these cold temperatures past few weeks, playing at home against the Arizona Cardinals. It's cold right there. Playing at New York Giants, it's cold. Now you're going down to Tampa, going down to Florida. Might be some rain there, but it'll be warmer weather. That's what you want to switch up. You want something to switch up for the Philadelphia Eagles. I love Baker Mayfield. I just raved on him in the headlines. But I think the Philadelphia Eagles get a win, clutch win, move on to the divisional round. That's about for Squared Sports NFL Game Day. Playoff predictions. Now 
I'm about to throw a very controversial statement out there. You're not going to agree with it, but I'm going to make you agree with it by the end of this segment. It's top five, everybody. And I put out a tweet the other night on Scored Sports Twitter, at Scored Sport, go and follow. I said this 2023 Michigan football team would beat 2019 LSU. That's not me as the biased Michigan fan. That's me as the logical college football analyst that I am. Top five reasons this Michigan football team, 15-0, would be that 15-0 2019 LSU team. Let's hop into it. Number five, Michigan's very slow-paced offense, third slowest offense in the country, would keep Joe Burrow and that amazing offense off the field as much as possible. Washington and LSU are very similar, in my opinion. Washington has the great quarterback, Michael Penix. They have the great quarterback, Joe Burrow, LSU. They have a very good running back, Daniel Johnson. They have a very good running back, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. They have the great receivers. LSU has the great receivers, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. They have Jill McMillan, and they have Roma Dudes. They have the decent defense. I think LSU's defense is a bit better, but still was not a good defense. They were giving up 35 points a game, it seemed like. Michigan's slow-paced offense keeps LSU's offense off the field as much as possible, just like they did with Michael Pax Jr. and the Washington Huskies. Number four, this Michigan defense averages 9.5 points per game given up. That's the least amount of points given up by a national champion, or just really any team, since 2011, Alabama. And that's arguably one of the best teams in college play history as well. Michigan's defense is not going to give up that many points to a Joe Burrow-led team, you could say. Joe Burrow, toughest defense he went up against all year. I'll say it was Auburn that year, and they won that game by three points on the road. Tough game, going up in Jordan-Hare. They won that game by three points. I think they only scored 23-20 final for LSU in that game. This Michigan defense can lock down on Joe Burrow. You see what they did against the air raid attack like Michael Panics Jr. in Washington. Michigan is going to slow down that air raid attack of LSU. They're going to slow down those trick plays that they might do. They're going to slow down Clyde to Lair. That's number four, Michigan's elite all-time defense that they have. Number three, Michigan plays mistake-free football. What LSU did that year, was they would capitalize on the mistakes. You look at the playoff game. You look at the Alabama game. You look at some other games. Alabama had a bunch of mess plays in that 2019 game versus LSU. First drive of the game, Tua gets them to the five-yard line and just fumbles the ball. He throws another interception. Doesn't play great in that game. Against Oklahoma, they win that game by about 60, but Jill Hurts makes a bunch of turnovers. Trevor Lawrence, a few mistakes in that national championship game, under 50% completion percentage. If Michigan had that going right there, they would just stop throwing the ball at J.J. McCarthy. They'd maybe run him a little bit. They would use Blake Corum. They would use Don Edwards a little bit more and then maybe mix in the pass. That's what keeps you off balance. Michigan plays mistake-free football. I think they only have four turnovers all year and three of them came in one game. No fumbles in the year for Michigan that were covered by the other team. Ridiculous stat right there. Mistake-free football is a Michigan played. LSU wouldn't be able to handle that. Three, Michigan played mistake-free football. Number two, this Michigan secondary is elite. Mikey Sarah still. Rod Moore. Will Johnson locked up every single team they played this year. Quarterbacks can get over 100 yards for about half the season. I think the only few quarterbacks to get over 100 yards were Hudson Card, who got about 105 for Purdue. Talia Tungvaloa, who dotted up most of this Michigan defense, I'll say. But he also threw a few interceptions. Cal McCord threw for about 300 yards. Jalen Milrow barely got over 100 yards. And Michael Pags got 225, but it was a rough 225 in the air. Michigan's secondary is elite. They locked up all the Ohio State's receivers. Will Johnson gave up some plays to Marvin Harrison Jr., but he still had an interception. Ron Moore gets a game-winning interception in that Ohio State game. You go up against Washington's receiving core, one of the best in the country. You get two interceptions. Mikey Sanders still a great play. Will Johnson, great interception. What a play that was for all time. That could have been a big Washington drive. That could have got them, tied it. Right out of the gate, out of halftime. But instead, first play right out of halftime, Michael Pankshire throws a great interception 
to Will Johnson. So this Michigan secondary is locked down. It's elite. They're going to shut down Jamar Chase. They're going to shut down Justin Jefferson in this hypothetical matchup. That's why Michigan, another reason why, they're better than this 2019 LSU team. And number one, the bond that this Michigan team had, how much closer, how much better they were than this 2019 LSU team. That 2019 LSU team, you see how they collapsed the next year. I don't think Michigan is going to have that type of collapse next year because everybody bought in on Michigan this year. They went through so much adversity. What adversity did LSU go through? Oh, Joe Burrow's overrated. Ed O's not a great coach. Who cares? Michigan had a real adversity. You guys are cheaters. You're going to get vacated. All this stuff. Michigan dealt through it all. They had everybody coming back. Blake Corum, Cornelius Johnson, Zach Zinner, Trevor Keegan, Mikey Sanders still. They came back for this reason, to win a national championship, to hold this helmet, to wear this helmet, and win a national championship. That's what they did. Go Blue. I hope I convinced you that Michigan football was a better team than 2019 LSU. I truly think they are. What do you think? Leave thoughts in the comments. Now, did you know, this week's day, no, it's a great one. Did you know, Bob Gibson, Hall of Fame MLB pitcher, had 255 career complete games. In the past seven years of MLB, there's only been 254 complete games. So the past seven seasons of all MLB, there's only been 254 complete games, and Bob Gibson's whole career, just one player, 255. Did you know that? Leave down in the comments. That's my did you know this week. Now, I want to put on my GM hat right here. Don't have the hat on, but got the Michigan winged helmet. We're going to be talking about Michigan football head coach Jim Harbaugh. I'm content if Jim Harbaugh leaves Michigan to go to the NFL. And I really think it'd be a great opportunity for both the league and Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh has accomplished everything as a Michigan man. He's accomplished winning a Rose Bowl as a player and winning a national championship as a head coach. When he came to Michigan, he made a promise to win a national championship to leave the NFL where he probably could have got another job. He wanted to win a national championship. If I was an NFL team, I don't know why I wouldn't want to hire Jim Harbaugh immediately. It's always been, maybe Jim doesn't want to go. But now it's like, Jim Harbaugh, it's time. He can leave Michigan. All the sanctions are coming for this program, it seems like. He's won the national championship. He's done his goal as a Michigan man. Michigan's free to let him go. I'd be okay as a Michigan fan. I have enough confidence in this program now that Jim Harbaugh can leave. Go to the NFL. Jim Harbaugh's a winner, everybody. Everywhere Jim Harbaugh has been, he's won. His first two seasons as a head coach at San Diego, he was 22 and 2. So he leaves San Diego after 22 wins, two losses, and goes over to Stanford where he, his first year he inherited a team that was 1-11. 1-11 type of team that he inherited, kind of like the Deion Sanders Colorado team. He went 29-21 at Stanford, and his last year they were 12-1 with an Orange Bowl win. His first year at Stanford, 1-11 the team he inherited. His last year, finishes 12-1, heads over to the NFL, goes 44-19 and as head coach in the NFL. Three conference championship appearances, three straight, one Super Bowl appearance. Just couldn't get over that hump, everybody likes to say. Couldn't win the conference championship games enough. Couldn't win the Super Bowl. Couldn't win the big game. Kind of reminds me of how he was at Michigan his first few years. Couldn't get over the hump. But then he eventually did it and keeps on doing it at Michigan. 44 wins, 19 losses. Gets you to Super Bowl. That gets you fired. A 44-19 record after one bad year. Some of these head coaches in the NFL that aren't going to be fired. I'll say one right here. Matt Eberflus, not fired from the Chicago Bears. I think Jim Harbaugh would jump the opportunity to coach the Chicago Bears. Played for the Chicago Bears. They have a first overall pick. Might draft TJ McCarthy. Might draft some of his other Michigan guys. It's a perfect opportunity for Jim Harbaugh to go to the NFL. Like I said, Jim Harbaugh only had 19 losses 
and 44 wins when he was in the NFL. Matt Eberflus, in just his second full season as an NFL coach, is 10 and 24. 10 wins, 24 losses. Jim Harbaugh, in all his seasons in the NFL, 44 wins, 19 losses. It's bogus that they won't fire Matt Eberflus for Jim Harbaugh. It'd be perfect. Brandon Staley was 24 and 24. Jim Harbaugh is better. That's why Brandon Staley is fired. Mike Vrabel, even, who everybody likes to talk about now, that he's fired, that he's going to be a great head coach again, 54 and 45. Ron Rivera, who just got fired with the Washington Commanders, 26, 40 and 1. Arthur Smith, 21 and 30. Dennis Allen, not fired, 16 and 18, and two seasons as a head coach. Jim Harbaugh was elite as an NFL head coach. So why wouldn't a team want to hire him? Doesn't make sense to me. Wins everywhere he is. Again, 44 wins, 19 losses as an NFL head coach. Not a lot of guys can say that in today's NFL. These guys certainly can't. Names I listed. Matt Eberflus and Dennis Allen still have a job, even though they're very close to having a worse record than Jim Harbaugh. Matt Eberflus already does. Dennis Allen, one loss away from it. That's about my GM hat this week. If I was a GM, I'd be jumping at the opportunity to have Jim Harbaugh. He's built a program everywhere he's been. San Diego, Stanford, 49ers, and Michigan. Give him time. Be patient. Elite football coach. Great guy. Jim Harbaugh, football Hall of Famer. May not be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, but he's a football Hall of Famer. That's about for my GM hat this week. Now, let's go a little bit of college basketball madness. Now that college ball is over, no more college ball showcase. The rest of the year, the college ball season starts back up again. We got college basketball madness coming at you right here. I want to start off with everything big going on in college basketball. Zach Eady is still the best player in college basketball, and Jawan Howard is somehow still employed by Michigan basketball. Let's talk about that for a second. I know Michigan basketball isn't the biggest in the headways right now, but I'm a big Michigan fan, as you all know. Everything going on here. Michigan football, national championship. The sacrifice for Michigan football being elite was Michigan basketball to suffer. And I fully mean that when I say that. Michigan football, worst season in my lifetime was the 2020 season. Two and four, best year for Michigan basketball in years. Jawan Howard, undefeated for most of the season. They're number two in the country. They're great. Next season, they're number five in the preseason. Michigan finally beats Ohio State. Then the program fully falls off for college basketball. They had rough regular season, everything like that. Jawan Howard has been rough ever since. I'll say Michigan football got back on the map again. There's no correlation. I just want to bring that up. Another thing that made me seem like it was a joke of Jawan Howard to do, it's a good gesture, but it's high-level D1 college basketball. He said, Phil Martelli, we're playing in Philadelphia, your hometown. I'm going to make you the head coach for this game. My top assistant, you're my head coach for this game. And the sad thing is, Michigan fans were happy about it because of Martelli's the head coach instead of Jawan Howard. It's better. Jawan Howard has been a joke at Michigan for the past few years. And it's sad to see because I love Jawan Howard as a head coach. It was awesome to have a Michigan man as a head coach in football and basketball. And I hope Jawan Howard can get back on track. I just don't see it happening with everything going on in this program. Another joke of a thing to happen right there. And they lost that game. Michigan basketball. Bunch of turmoil going on there. Just had to talk about that for a minute. Kentucky basketball, they're having a great start to the season. Only two losses, one to Kansas earlier in the season. That was a really good game. I thought Kentucky should have won that. But come March, they're going to win games like that. It's a very young squad. Preseason, I really liked them. I thought they were going to make the NAS championship game, make the Final Four. Really, really good team. Kentucky, love what they're doing right now. Great one they have over Florida. They're going to the SEC. 11-2, top 10 team in the country. Kentucky. Houston, 14-0 right now. Every game seems like they're world beaters. They have two games that they didn't win by 20-plus points. Only two games that they didn't win by 20-plus points. 
kind of crazy thing about right there. Now, there's a game going on right now that they are losing by six. Going to have to watch that versus Iowa State after this. But Houston basketball, Kellen Sampson, is this their year to get over that hump, win the national championship, playing the Big 12, not the American Conference anymore. Great to see it. College basketball. That's what's good about realignment. In football, realignment, Houston to the Big 12 for football, it didn't go so great. Now, for basketball, it's a moneymaker. Best team in the country, potentially, Houston Cougars. It's the year of the mid-major in college basketball. When I say that, a bunch of these mid-majors are ranked in the top 25, and a lot of them are just great. FAU, great start they had to the season. Only one loss to Bryant. They beat number two, Arizona. They've fallen off. They lost to Florida Gulf Coast. They lost to Charlotte. They're still a really good team. They're still ranked. Ford Atlantic, come March. They're going to get big ones, I think. Ford Atlantic, great start. San Diego State, made national championship game last year. Brian Dutcher, great head coach. They're back in the map. They're ranked again. Utah State got a great win over Colorado State. Colorado State was 13 in the country. Utah State only had one loss. Home game for Utah State. They win that game. So for Utah State and Colorado State to win that game, it's a great conference this year, the Mountain West. They're doing better than some of the Power Six conferences. You call it. Maybe they're doing better than the Big Ten. What does the Big Ten have outside of Purdue and Illinois right now? Not much. So love to see right there. They have San Diego State. They have Utah State, Colorado State, Mountain West. Putting on for everybody right now. Great start they've had. James Madison, not ranked anymore. They finally got their first loss. 14-1 on the season. Still great to see, though. 14-1, James Madison. Gonzaga, always ranked as a mid-major. Very bad down year for Gonzaga, you could say. Past three years have been Gonzaga, number one seed. Going to be national champion favorite, whatever it might be. Now, number 23 in the country. Mark Few knows how to turn the program around, though. Not going to say they need to turn it around. They're still number 23 in the country. Maybe just a bit of a rebuilding year for the Bulldogs. Gonzaga. Great program they build over there. One of the best mid-majors in college basketball. And Grand Canyon, one more mid-major I want to talk about. Not ranked. They got 19 votes to be ranked in the last AP Top 25 poll. It's the year of the mid-major. And I know we say this a lot. It is actually the year of the mid-major where they're going to make some noise in March. You're going to get a big mid-major team, maybe a top four seed in college basketball in March Madness and to the play tournament. That's about our college basketball madness this week. Now, at the buzzer, this at the buzzer goes with everything we've done this episode, the national championship, Michigan football, everything we have here. What a great feeling it is to win a national championship, to call myself, as a fan, a national champion. Finally, Michigan won a national championship. Great feeling as a college football fan. If you're a dire college football fan like me, you want your team to win a national championship. It is the best feeling. But at the buzzer, none of this could have happened. There's some of these things right here I'm going to talk about for Michigan football happened. Let's talk about it. Key thing of this, be patient when it comes to college football coaches, when it comes to building around a college football program. November 21st, 2020, Michigan going against Rutgers, down 17-0. Joe Milton's at quarterback, had the worst game of his career the week before. Jim Harbaugh, seemed like his Michigan career was in doubt. They lose the week before, 49-11. to in the big house, it's the last year of Jim Harbaugh's contract. It seems like it's all over if they lose this game to Rutgers. It seems like it even might be over despite that. Going to the game against Rutgers, like I said, you're down 17-0. You bring in Kate McNamara, who did great things as a Michigan quarterback, not there anymore at Iowa now. Did great things at Michigan. Bringing Kate McNamara to place Joe Midland, he brings that game to overtime. Brings it to double overtime now, but he doesn't score in that double overtime drive. It's double overtime. Valentino Ambrosio, kicker for Rutgers has the power to completely alter what we have in college football today. And he does. He misses that kick. But say Valentino Ambrosio, that Rutgers kicker, who was a soccer player also, 
makes that kick, where are we staying today in college football? Is Jim Harbaugh the head coach of Michigan? I say no. You lose a triple overtime game, it would have been double overtime game, to Rutgers, you don't have Jim Harbaugh in Michigan anymore. You don't have what you have right now as a Michigan fan. And that's kind of interesting to me. That game was something for Michigan right there. And it wasn't the only game that they won that season. They won the first game against Minnesota. But it was the last game they won that season. It was a bit special. So since then, since that missed kick, since Michigan won that game in 2020, they have a 40-4 record. Two wins over Michigan State. Three straight wins over Ohio State. Three straight Big Ten titles. A Rose Bowl victory. Number one in the AP poll. A 15-0 season. And a national championship. If I was a Michigan fan, I am Michigan fan. When I was watching that game, if you told me after that game, from now until 2024, this Michigan football program is only going to lose four more games and one of them is going to be next week, I think I'd cry. I think I'd be so happy, but I wouldn't believe you. And that's what's happening right here. That's the domino effect that can happen in college football. Just be patient, everybody. 2020 season was a rough season for everybody. Be patient in college football. That's my key right there for college football. Jim Hart had a great few years at Michigan. Then he fell off in 2020, and now he's back as a Michigan football legend, as a college football legend. Great to see it right there. Jim Harbaugh, national champion. So since that missed kick, the domino effect of everything that's happened, winning that game, 40-4 and record, national championship, three straight wins over Ohio State, three straight Big Ten titles. Makes that kick, I don't know where we are right now. And I want to talk about some other coaches in college football that maybe you gave them this patience that Michigan gave Jim Harbaugh. Maybe we're seeing somewhere different. I think at Jimbo Fisher, Jimbo Fisher couldn't get over that hump. He had one really good year at AM in 2020, but he didn't do much outside of that. What if they let Jimbo Fisher ride it out? Because Jimbo Fisher has won NAS championship before. What if they let Jimbo ride it out for a few more years? Let's see what happens. They get NAS championship like Michigan does. Ed Orgeron, national championship in 2019. He's got a rebuild in 2020, and he's got a rebuild in 2021, but they fired him in 2021 because there was personal issues with Ed Orgeron. But the big one I want to talk about here, that I don't think anybody is going to talk about, Gus Malzahn. Gus Malzahn is someone I like to think about. A guy who won the championship, came very close to make the playoff in 2017, and had a great few years at Auburn, and had a decent 2020 season, but it's 2020. He's Bo Nix. Maybe he can develop Bo Nix a little bit more. They fired him after that 2020 season, and they brought in Brian Horson, who was horrible at Auburn. They brought in, he frees after him, had a horrible first year at Auburn. So I think about it, where Auburn is right now, Gus Malzahn, is he really no better than that? I think Gus Malzahn, if you kept him at Auburn, Auburn football is in a way better position right now. When he got fired, Auburn fans were happy because they made that bold move to fire him, and they have, haven't got back on their feet ever since. Maybe they missed those 10-win seasons. Maybe they miss that right there, those 9-win seasons, because now you're stuck with a loss to Maryland and whatever it is, the Red Box Bowl. It's not great right there. So for Gus Malzahn, that's what I think right there. A guy where if he got the patience that Michigan gave Jim Harbaugh, for Ed Orgeron, if he got the patience Michigan gave Jim Harbaugh, and same for Jimbo Fisher, those guys are in different spots right now. Those programs are in different spots when you think about it. But Gus Malzahn, not at Auburn anymore. At UCF, Jimbo Fisher, not at AM anymore. They got Mike Elko. And for Edo, Brian Kelly's done a good job. But when you think about it, Ed Orgeron won a national championship at LSU, and they fired him two seasons later. Crazy to think about. And one guy right now that gets so much hate in college football is Mario Cristobal for everything that's going on there at Miami. When you think about it for Mario Cristobal, it's his second season at Miami. He's playing with a quarterback, Tyler Van Dyke, who was recruited by Manny Diaz. You like to say Manny Diaz, well, he was good his first two years in Miami. Then he kind of fell off a little bit. Mario Cristobal should be good his first two years then also. No, Manny Diaz had 
Mark Rick's players. And then once Mark Rick's players graduated, they left. Then Manny Diaz's Miami football program collapsed. And that's what Mario Cristobal is dealing with right now. Those Manny Diaz players. Give Mario Cristobal patience in college football. Give these guys patience. The domino effect like I talked about with Jim Harbaugh in this segment. To win now's championship. Everything we have as Michigan fans. That's what I'm talking about right there for college football. Listen to me. I know a lot about college football. That's my take right there. Give your head coach patience. College football, that's the theme right there. Domino effect. Valentino Ambrosio kicker makes that kick. I'm not talking about Michigan winning the national championship right now. Now, the best last to recap this championship-oriented episode. Question day is, what would you give up? your team to win a championship, whether it's your NBA team, NFL team, college football team, baseball team, NFL team, what would you give up for that team to win a championship? It's the best feeling in the world being the top of the mountain, especially in college football, where it's really a symbolism of everything. To win a Super Bowl, what would that mean for your team? To win an NBA Finals, to win a World Series, to win a Premier League, what would you give up for your team to win a championship? That's the question this week. That's by for Squared Sports and Lane Frank, episode 152. Thank you for tuning in. Follow Squared Sports on Instagram, at Squared Sports for daily sports content and updates. Follow Squared Sports on Twitter, at Squared Sport. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review for the best sports content in the world. We'll be back here next week, episode 153. Stay tuned.